up I'm driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever Till the day that I died I said 18 wheels rolling on the road It is my life 18 wheels rolling on the road It is my life Hey friends, this is Chapman Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministry, and I've got my partner with me. Hi, my name is Fred Mooney, and I'm excited and honored to be here in the cab with Gary Rayburn. And we are going to have church on the road for you today, folks. So sit back, listen, and enjoy our program. And if you'd like to get more copies, just give us a call at 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org. From two chrome stacks, my address is 408-414, a big blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. Hey, this is Chapman Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministry, and we're getting ready to have church on the road. We've got Tammy Perney and Ava Kasich from Texas with us, and i got my partner with me. Hi, my name's Fred Moon, and I'm excited to be here today. Woo-hoo, oh. how about me? I'm Tammy. <laughs> Tammy Perney from Texas. I'm Ava Kasich from Texas. Oh. Let me ask you something. Is everything always bigger and better in Texas? You yes, sir. right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'm a Texan. I see. Born in Texas, Stanton, Texas. I worked for for a Cherokee Indian one time. It was from Texas, and hear him tell it, there was no place like Texas. That's true. And since he was my booking agent, I agreed with him. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good that was a good choice right there. Well, you know, I uh, I was actually born and raised. I've been in Texas all my life, and so until I started really singing and traveling on the road, you know, I'd never been anywhere else but Texas. Amen. And uh, so, you know, this is I love the road. There's no other better place to be. Seriously, and I love to go home. But now, I do love the road. There's nothing like having church on the road. I love it. I like that, too. (laughs) And Dorothy had it right. There is no place like home. That's right. (laughs) We need that escape. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to find out all about Tammy 
Perney today on today's program. We are excited about her joining the team here at Lonesome Road Ministry. Oh, my word. I'm so excited. I really, really am. Great. Um, And, you know, I was talking to you earlier, you know, about um, the road ministry and actually being on the road and having two roads to choose from and right. that's actually you know what what i decided that i think today's about is two roads there you go you have one on the left and one on the right and you can choose which one you want to go down god god promises doesn't he that he'll always be with us amen but we have to also do our part and make the right choice that's right that's mm-hmm. right well, we're going to find out uh, all about making choices, and you made a choice to come up here. And what brings you to Illinois? You're right here in our studio today, you and Ava. So tell us what you girls are doing up in Illinois. We have a concert Sunday morning up here, and we have one this Friday, which is yep. tomorrow, Yep. right here at the Lonesome Road Ministries. Um, I'm I just think this ministry is so incredibly awesome, and it's unique. And I'll just say, I'm a hairstylist by okay. trade, um, and oh, should I say, and a singer by every day that ends in Y? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just about. Just Whenever about. God says go, we go. <laughs> but but no, yeah. I, the truth is, I, I'm a hairstylist, and... I encounter people every day, lots and lots of people. And uh, because it's not just my salon that I work in. I work side by side with other women, and and a gentleman used to work with us as well. And um, the world Mm -hmm. needs Jesus. I see it. I feel it out there, and I have an opportunity every single day to minister to people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've got them right there in your chair. You know, all you have to do is just turn everything around for good, just like God promises, you know, that he will take, you know, what the devil means to harm us. He will take that, and he will turn it off for good. For him. Amen. Amen. I would think as a hairstylist, <laughs> you might know a few secrets. Oh, my word. Only your hairdresser knows for sure. And, you know, <laughs> for sure that's what I was going to say. You know, um, you know, I know this is an old an old cliche thing, but we truly are therapists. Oh yeah. We yeah, hear everything. <laughs> but you know, the thing is, is we also have to know not to share mm-hmm. everything we yeah. hear. You know, we've got to learn how to keep that mouth shut. You know, most when I was a dog groomer and I did that for thirty seven years, most people that brought the dogs in was the lady of the house. It is true. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they would start to share stuff, and sometimes I didn't want to hear about their last operation. Right. And I used to always say, I don't think I'm old enough to hear that story. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Uh, you can go into Walmart and just say, how are you doing today? And you'll be there about 20 minutes listening to how they're doing. And it's not always good. No, it's not. It's but you'll know you'll know plenty about a person in about twenty minutes if you'll just stand there and listen to them. I think Walmart's probably one of the best best places you can minister to people. Absolutely. Right? And if they'll open that door, I'll walk right through it. <laughs> anytime. You know, I I've found too sometimes you don't have to even say anything. Mm-mm. All you gotta do is smile. Yeah. You know, that's me. I mean, I, I'll tell you and, and I've told my husband and my children and they all know this, you know, that if if I don't do anything for you, 
I want you, number one, to see Jesus. Mm -hmm. But number two, I also want you to see my joy because I Mm -hmm. am happy. I'm a happy person. I love life. Um, That doesn't mean it's always been easy because it hasn't been easy. But, you know, you have to decide. You have two roads. You're going to choose the cup that's half empty or the cup that's half full. Which way are you going to look at life? Are you going to look at everything bad that's happened? And are you going to focus on those things? Or are we going to turn it around and say, well, you know what? This might have happened, but you know what? If this hadn't happened, look what might have happened. Mm-hmm. So, Amen. Yeah, the Bible talks about a broad road and a and a narrow road, yes, and that's what yes, you're talking about. There's exactly two different right. two different roads, and uh, the broad road is full of woe. <laughs> Brother Gary, it's like that song that God started yeah, the other day with me. Ava, it's like, which door will you take? There you go. I mean, are you going to take this one over here that leads to gloom and despair and agony on me? Yeah. Or are you going to take this one over here that's full of joy and life and go. love? Everybody now. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Boy, we're dating ourselves, aren't we? I'll tell you what. That has to be the the first version of the country 12-bar blues. (laughs) Oh, Lord, we've got me a belly shook up. Well, we are we are in the cab and headed down the road with these gals. I better take the steering wheel and get, yes, this, you better. get, you better. get this thing on track. <laughs> get me out of the driver's seat. Why don't we uh why don't we hear a song from Tammy uh right now and then after that song uh, she's gonna share her heart with our listeners. Is that all right, Tammy? I think that's a good idea. Yeah. What song would you like for our listeners to hear before you share your I- Story. I think what I want people to know is that God is good, but He's not just good part of the time. He's good all the all time. All the time. And it doesn't matter whether you're down in the valley or if you're up on a mountain. But I'd like to this first song to be God on a Mountain. God on the Mountain. Here's Tammy Perney. All right, those of you that know this song, sing along. Life is easy when you're up on the mountain And you've got peace of mind like you've never known But then things change and you're down in the valley Don't lose faith for you're never alone For the God on the mountain Is still God in the valley When things go wrong He'll make them right And the God of the good times Is still God in the bad times God of the day is still God in the night. You talk of faith when you're up on the mountain. 
But talk comes easy when life's at its best. But it's down in the valley of those trials and temptations. For that's when faith is really put to the test. For the God on the mountain is still God in the valley when things go wrong he'll make them right and the God of the good times is still God in the bad times God of the day is still God in the night God of the day is still God in the night. That is Tammy Perney, God on the Mountain. He is always there, isn't he, Fred? Yes, he is. He's just there with arms wide open waiting for you. In the good times and the bad times. Exactly. And Tammy's going to share some of the the good times and the bad times of her life. She's going to share her story with our listeners right now. All right. Well, I tell you what, I was, I didn't want to date myself, but I think everybody needs to know that I was born back in the 60s, and I was born 1966, and uh, I was born to uh, an interracial marriage back in the 60s. My mom was white, and my dad is Mexican. And uh, even though, you know, back then, it was not accepted at all. And uh, so naturally, our family was strained already. I was, um, well, I'll just say my daddy was young. He was 17 when he married my mama. And he played in a band, and he had some things that, you know, he he kind of wasn't happy, and he kind of did a little bit of running around, you know, I'd say. And uh, my mama just had all she could take. And so about, I was six years, I guess they were married about six years, and um, then they got divorced, and um, I was five years old, and I specifically remember a time where my mom was dating around and shouldn't have been. And I'm, I'm starting here because I think it's really important that people know that what happens when you're little, what happens when you're a kid doesn't always leave you. It stays with you, and, and it forms who you are today. And, um, but I will just say that at five years old, I witnessed my daddy punch my mama so hard that she went through a wall. And he, um, and it was because my mom started before they were divorced to see my soon-to-be stepfather. And, um... I told my daddy when he came over to see us that day that my mama had kissed him. I didn't know what I was doing. I was a kid. I just thought I was t- 
telling my daddy, like, this is what we did yesterday. I was crying so hard, I physically remember. I, I can vividly see the steps right now. I was trying to climb the steps up to my bedroom, and I was physically so scared, I could not make it all the way up the stairs. And that was the last time I saw my daddy until I got to be a grown-up. And so, as the story goes, at six years old, my mom married my stepfather. And um, everything seemed normal the first four years, and then a little bit after that, things started to take a little bit of a different turn. He became a mean man, a mean man in so many ways, emotionally, psychologically, physically, mentally, every part, and um, he began abusing me, not the other girls. There were two other sisters, an older sister of two years and a younger sister of five years uh, yes if you add that up she was just months old when my mama married my stepfather he did some things that compromised my innocence and from 10 years old to 16 years old i woke up to that man beside my bed at five o'clock in the morning every day of my life but I want to tell you something you know all those days that he would ground me when back then that was called grounded get to your room you know all those times that I wouldn't give in to what he wanted or what he needed I would be grounded to my room but I want you to know I was grounded from things like the TV, which we all do that. We ground our kids from TV. We ground them from the computer or from back then it was the record player or different things like that. But there was one thing that I was never grounded from, and that was music. So all those years, I remember my mama had an uh, album, a big one of the big albums of nothing but instrumental music. And I would play that day after day, and I would write words to those songs. And I would practice singing, because I knew one day I was going to be a movie star. <laughs> but I tell you what, I would, and I know every little girl out there, I know that if you didn't do it, you know somebody that did, practice with the hairbrush because that's the closest thing to a microphone that you can use. And I would flip my hair like Cher because, you know, I was going to be a star. But, you know, I didn't know at that time. And just like I said earlier, what the devil means to harm you, God can turn around for good. Exactly. Because I'll tell you, it was then that God began giving me a song. And that song is my voice, and he gave me a song in my heart 
for me to share with everybody out there. Now, I want to tell you, there's a little bit more to this story. And it, this is where the story turns a little bit happy. So, actually, it's a whole lot happy. Um, at 16 years old, I accepted the Lord Jesus, as I told you. And within two weeks, I was removed from that home. Something happened, though, that I had to be removed from the house. So my mama took me to my grandmother's house, and I stayed there for two weeks. And then after that, I couldn't stay there anymore. So then they had to find somewhere else for me to stay because my mama just couldn't take it. Everything just became too much for her. So she asked me if I had a friend that maybe lived close to the high school so that I could walk to school so she wouldn't get in trouble for, you know, being, not having me in school. So I asked around school, and there was a girl who lived two blocks from the school. And I was taken there, and my mama told me it'd be three weeks, and maybe four at the very longest. But she never came back. So then the ward of the state came in because that family couldn't continue to keep me. It was illegal, first of all, because I was a minor. And uh, so then CPS came in, the Child Protective Services, and they had to remove me. So they removed me from that home. And four... Four families later, I end up with a foster family living with the same young man who led me to the Lord, who now became my foster brother. I believe God had a plan for your life. <laughs> I'm telling you, it sounded dark at first. Mm. I know it did. But, you know, we got to get through those things. Yeah. Those things are the things that make us stronger. But I'll tell you, it's so cool. You can see God's hand in that. Who does that? <laughs> it was a miracle. It was a miracle in the making. Think about that. How many children you know in the foster system that bounces from home to home to home to home? Yes. Yes. And, and you know, I ended up living with them for about two and a half years, which, you know, once you become 18 or graduate from high school, you are no longer a ward of the state. So then, you know, from that time on, you just have to go live. You just have to live. You're left. Well, I didn't have my family. And all I had was my foster family, but they aren't really my family. You know what I mean? They're my family that love me, but they didn't adopt me. So, but I want to I want to stress something. This family was a family of Christians. I never was taught how to um solve problems in a family. I didn't know that in a family unit, a functional family unit, you talk things out. You don't just yell and argue and fight, and it's not a physical altercation. It becomes something that it's a teachable moment. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. yeah. Parents use that as teachable moments. But I'll tell you, these people taught me all the things that I needed to know in life to survive. 
such as they taught me how to make a long-distance phone call. Now, I told you I was going to date myself. Back then, a long-distance phone call, you had to call an operator or you had to call use a calling card or they showed me the proper way to make a phone call. They got me in driver's ed. They taught me how to ride, drive a car. Back then, driver's ed was taught in school. Now it's taught at home, yeah. you know. But um, anyway, they taught me that. They taught me um, the true meaning of love, how to love. And uh, they continued to be a part of my life until I got married. And shortly after that, they, um, you know, just, you know, kind of, it continued to live their life, and you know they felt like I guess that they had done what they were supposed to do. And um, but I will tell you, I'll never forget that they they showed me what a youth group was. I didn't even know. You know, I'll tell you, and I raised my kids this way. I didn't know that we were going to be expected to go to church, it, but it was. Not an expectation. It was just understood. <laughs> You're not going to ask, well, you know, are we going to church? It was like, what are we going to wear and what time are we leaving? Mm -hmm. You know, that's basically, you know, but they taught me that. And that's the way I raised my kids. I raised my kids in church. And, you know, I, I, I you know, took every, because I wasn't taught it during those impressionable years of your life. I wasn't taught what a true parent was. So I had to take classes to learn how to be a good parent. And at my church, they taught a discipleship training class, and they had so many young couples in this church that they taught discipleship um, uh, of what was called discipleship of disciplining, you know, that there's a difference between disciplining and punishing and God doesn't punish his children. God disciplines us when we need it. Amen. And I have had to be disciplined a time or two. And that's where it takes me to my sweet friend, Ava. Okay. You know, I know she, she's a good, 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 good friend. And I'm cutting out a lot of testimony, but I'll just tell you, there's <laughs> so much to tell, but just for today... I believe this is the word. I thought I was going to go into something else. I wrote it out, but you know, that just shows you God has a plan. He has somebody out there that needs to hear the message. Amen. That, you know, just because you were born into something doesn't make you have to continue to be a victim of it every single day. You are, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are a child of the utmost high. You are a child of the king. And do you know, you can't ever leave his hand. Well, let's talk about when you first started singing and going out and ministering on the road. I actually sang in a duet called Amazed. And uh, we toured and we sang with a lot of national groups, actually. We had... Lots and lots of awards, diamond awards and all sorts of awards that we won at the National Quartet Convention. And uh, we were part of the Southern Gospel world. But now, God led me in this country gospel. 
you know, Christian country, and I absolutely love it. I yeah. I really feel like I'm in the genre and exactly where I need to be. Amen. But I will tell you that we sang for 10 years, and then we disband because I went through a pretty ugly divorce, oh, okay. and um, it was tough. And for a little bit of time there, I, was, I wasn't mad at God. I just didn't understand. I just didn't understand what was happening to my life. I was losing everything that was real and normal to me, mm. which was my family and my m- the ministry that I thought God had given me. And I thought I would never be out of the ministry. Because God, when he called me into the music ministry, I remember the day that his spirit just filled me from my head to my toes. I was vacuuming the floor. <laughs> I was singing a praise song, just praising away, vacuuming the floor. And it, I stopped and I thought, I have been called. And I literally felt that in my spirit. But anyway, so um, Kathy and I attended the National Quartet Convention. And at that time, I Ava... My friend, she um, was going to the National Quartet Convention as well. And she had also, unbeknownst to me, started going to my church in Sherman, Texas. Well, she doesn't live in Sherman, Texas. She lives in Wattsboro, Texas, which is, you know, about 20 or 30 minutes away. So I had no idea. So I. One day I was at church, I'm just going to say this, and they had said, hey, there's this girl that we know that's going to the National Quartet Convention too, and she goes here. I said, what? Because <laughs> I sang on the praise team at work at church, and I'm like, what? And they said, no, she goes here. They, Her and her husband just joined. And I said, well, when did they join? They said, last week. Well, I wasn't here last week. So it's like, oh, my goodness. So they said, look her up. So I did. And I have to be honest with you, at first I was a little bit salty because I thought, how can God give her a ministry singing in the gospel world and me a ministry singing in the gospel world and then make us go to the same church? (laughs) I thought, he has got a sense of humor. I thought, what in the world? So anyway, so when I met her, I went, oh, hi. You know how we girls sometimes do. You know, that's petty stuff. Oh, she did. I sure did. I'm not like, hey, I'm owning it. I'm going to have to tell it because she just got it all messed up. I know it. I do. It was time for the National Quartet Convention. Yes. Tammy was on the road with the other girl that she had had been singing with then. With the group of maids. Yes. Now, let me tell the story. Okay. And so it was time for the National Quartet Convention. Well, I don't know if she had come home from the road while they were out and I joined the church. But anyway, she wasn't at church that weekend that I joined. Well, the next week was the quartet convention. Yeah. So I get out to the, and somebody had, the church had told me, well, we got a girl here that's going to the national quartet convention. And I said, really? And they said, yeah. And they told me her name. And I said, okay. I get out there and she looks me up. And says, someone from the church called me and told me that you joined my church. And I thought, your church? <laughs> she did. No, wait. She didn't think it. She said it. Well, I might have. That's it. No, you did say it. She goes, your church? She goes, your church? It's my church. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's our church. Yeah, there you go. Said, yeah. That's actually how we met was at the quartet convention. And then... 
Then we went to the church about four years yeah. after that. And we got, and we became good friends during that time when we, we were, were at church. We really were. We really did love each other. And we do. We really do love each other still. Mm. But anyway, so, um, but oh we, we met there. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, my, my husband then and I and children attended the church for about four more years after that mm-hmm. moment. And, um, we continued to tour, but in that four years, some, some, um, something happened in our marriage that caused, um, a, um, a division. And so, um, Ava and I, um, although we, we didn't have a falling out or anything like that. We kind of just grew apart um, because we had stopped. I stopped going to the church because he kept going. And I didn't want to be in the same worshiping facility as him. Kind of hard to go to church with your ex-husband? Uh, yeah, I think so. I Pretty think hard so. sometimes. And so, um, and you know, and, and for, I'm going to be honest. I never saw myself divorced. Ever, I when I took a vow, I took a vow. I honestly thought I would be married forever, but that's not what happened. And you'll have to just wait for the next testimony because I'll explain all the reason why that happened. Because it's a good, it's a good one. It's a different, different. You know, it's a different road. road. It's a different road, <laughs> and that's what I was going seriously, but. I married a wonderful man, and I will say this. I tell him he is my gift for all the trials that I've gone through in life and all of the darkness that I have had. He is my gift. And one day, hopefully soon, y'all will meet him because y'all will love him to death. Um, he's, he's one cool guy. Mm. Trust me. He's a manly man. He's not, he's not a, a softy at all, but, um, there's nothing wrong with being a softy. I'll just say that, but he ain't a softy. But when Robert and I met, we didn't have a church because I was, I wasn't so sure about everything. I I still had questions about God and why God would do that to me. <laughs> Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. God doesn't do oh, no. anything to us, does he? But, you know, I I had questions about why God what God allowed it, you know? So, we were unchurched. Uh we attended or tried to attend one church and I sang for Oh, I, I did not sing in that church, but I we went there for roughly five to six months. And then I began to feel a tug at my heart, and God saying, you need to sing. Well, I want to tell you, I went. I filled out the card, and I auditioned. They asked you to audition. They didn't just want you to sing on the praise team. So I auditioned, and then they called me back. Now, Robert and I were dating. We were not married. We each had our own house. We didn't live together. We weren't doing anything immoral that people would mm-hmm. 
questioned me. I felt like I was following God and what he wanted. But I want to tell you, this, they called me back for a second audition. And when I went in there, I was met with three pastors of the church as well as the music ministers. So that made four on one. And they began to question me about my divorce, about my life, about Robert, about everything. They brought all my sin at me. I felt like they were throwing stones. Like it, each question pierced my I could not believe all of the God that I had seen on the road. All of the loving Christians and the just the warmth of of God's people that they would do this, and it was at that point that we stopped. We didn't attend another church, and I have been married to Robert for ten years. We dated for three, and it wasn't until this past year Easter that we became faithful churchgoers and uh, searching for that exact place where God would have us right now we're attending uh, the Denison Church of the Nazarene and uh, we like it we like it a lot Here's you know uh, I would like to interject here sure because I've been on the road and I've I've worked in a church now 26 years so I've seen both sides. Exactly. Now, on the road, you're with those people you're singing to a couple hours. Mm -hmm. And you're down the road. You're right. You're not having to live with them. You're not having to rub elbows with them. That's right. And you can really be on a high there on the road. Mm -hmm. And the people that you're, you're working with. Now, I was with quartets, and, and you know, you put, you put eight or ten guys on a bus running down the road. You get to know each other. But right. anyway, when you're in the church, you get, to, you get to really know people, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. And I, I think there's a vast difference because I remember holding revivals and stuff and just, just walking from cloud to cloud. And then I remember being in business meetings and walking out, yeah. walking wow. out the door thinking, these people don't know God. I, yes. I agree. Amen. Amen. I've seen it too. And it's, it's funny that you, that you should even mention that because, you know, that was kind of where we were, our mindset. But How? you know the amazing thing? We're all God's children. You got right. that right. And he you loves us right. all. He does. He does love even us all. Even the unlovely. You're right. Yes. <laughs> and I have to remember that. I will tell you, but you know what? I will say, God has a sense of humor, and you know you oh. better know he does. Because I want to tell you that when my son, which is now 34, and my daughter is 32, but my son was getting married to his beautiful wife, Jocelyn, and his wife actually attended that church, and her parents were one of the pastors who grilled me that day, best friend. Wait a minute. So at the rehearsal dinner, I recognized somebody I knew 
marrying my son and my daughter-in-law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to tell you, I, Robert was about to, I mean, y'all know men who are married to their wives. Y'all are protective of us. And he wanted to go have a word with him. So what he did, I told him, you may not do anything until the reception. Then you can talk to him, but you may not do anything because I didn't want to ruin their wedding, you know? And so Robert then at that time goes over to him and he says, I need to have a word with you outside. <laughs> so that that I was, I was watching, you know, I was kind of hiding around the corner, kind of looking, you know, because I didn't want him to know anything about because he didn't remember. Yeah. Do you know, my husband just said, I want you to know the mark that you made on my wife. And he proceeded to explain to him that I was the one that they asked all the questions for an hour and a half. I was in that office answering questions, crying, explaining myself, you know, all this stuff while mm. my step, soon-to-be stepdaughter was outside waiting for me to get finished in the office. And he said, I want you to know. And he told him all this stuff. And then he said, you owe her an apology. And he said, I will make it right. He said, I vaguely remember that. But he said, I'll make it right. So my heart... Being through what I've been through, I do have, I'm very forgiving. And he came over to me and he said, I understand that you and I know each other. I said, yes, we do. And I was salty. You want to talk about salty? <laughs> I was salty. Um, I did not want to talk to that man. I said, yes, sir, we do. And he said, well, I need to give you my phone number and I want you to give me a call. Because I want to make this right. Well, I have to tell you, God solved it all right that second. I forgave that man. Mm. I still a little salty about it, but I forgave him. <laughs> you know, I can say I can say one thing right here, and this is a great life lesson that we're to put people over policy. So many yes. times, Jesus, Jesus got. In trouble with the Pharisees because his disciples was was eating the bread, was eating the wheat. Yes. You know? mm -hmm. and he said they're hungry. Yes. But it's the Sabbath. And he tells them now the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That's right. Now think about that. But you can't put policies over people. That's right. Oh, that's a good word. Amen. That's, that's a good. real good word. Well, and also if you go to church for the people. You're going for the wrong reason anyway. Exactly. You go to church to worship God, and there's no perfect people anywhere on this earth. There was only one. Man. And, and you, he's coming back, but until then, there's nobody else perfect. And you have, Everybody has flaws. You're 150% right on that, Ava. But I'll just tell you that as, as someone who was on the other side, it's hard. It sure. is hard. It hurts. Mm -hmm. I cried mm -hmm. days and days and weeks over that yep. because I could not believe it. Mm -hmm. That didn't keep me from church. But I'll tell you, it sure did make a mark on people. I'll just say this. My sweet husband, it made a mark on him and that organized religion. 
Yep. And I want to say that's exactly the way he looked at it, was that organized religion. But you know what? He's starting to see God again. Amen. And I love it. And he right. is safe. He's Praise Christian. Lord. So, you know, I would never marry a non-Christian, but uh, he's a Christian. He loves the Lord, but, um, you know, he still he still needs God to open his eyes like God opened my eyes. Hmm. But I will tell you, I have never felt an anointing on me singing like I feel the second time around. And God gave me a second time. You know, I told you well, that let's... I think my, my first song that I ever write is going to be called Second Chances. This time around is a lot different than the first time. The first mm -hmm. time, um, you know, I, I think I did it because I thought it'd be fun and at first, you know, and I, and I thought, oh, yeah, I've been called into the music ministry. So, you know, I think this is the path. Well, I want to tell so you, rough. God blessed it. <laughs> but there's a... There's a difference mm -hmm. when you know you're in the center of it. You're in the center of God's will. And I will tell you, there is nothing about me. I was telling you earlier, Gary, there is nothing about this experience and Ava and I traveling and doing what we're doing that I think is wrong. Amen. I'm telling you, God is is in it, and his hand is all over it. But I'll tell you, I almost missed the boat. God had been telling me, well, he took my voice away. And I'll tell you this little story, and it really did happen. I never thought, never thought, why would God take your voice away? Somebody like me who talks all the time, who, you know, I do hair. I do hair, and I do, you know, I I have to, you know, talk to people. Um, I just never thought he would ever take my, my singing voice. And um, I could still talk to people, but I, I could tell. It was almost like my esophagus was closed up. And I would try to sing in church, like when I would go as a guest, to church, I'd try to sing, and it would almost be like hazy, like, to God be the Lord, like that, where you just couldn't get us tuned out. And um, anyway, I made a promise. After about a year of not being able to sing, I made a promise to God, and I said, God, if you'll just give me my voice back. My line of praise to you, my line of talking to you, my line of feeling, my that's the way we communicate. I said, if you just give it to me, I promise I'll use it for you. And you know, inside when I'm making that promise, I'm thinking, oh, it's not going to be. It's just going to be for church or for the old folks home or, you know, somewhere like that. I never thought in a million years would I be singing solo, well, with God, but, you know, singing just just me. I never would think that. And I will tell you that um, my ministry, um, uh, uh, maybe for next year, may be a little bit different than what you saw this year. Uh, because this year, you know, God put me with Ava full-time. And uh, I do do some dates on my own, but for the most part, I'm with Ava. But I, uh, it may be more um, me in, in churches instead of, 
you know, at, you know, festivals and conventions and things like that. But there are things like Lonesome Road Ministries that I have already scheduled in and will continue to have. You're talking about your road ministry, your being on the road and, and going out and, and churches and dates, but mm-hmm. you're also getting ready to uh, go into studio I am. and make a, a brand new CD. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, project that you're working on, and then we're going to play a maybe a song off of. Uh, well, okay, who who knows who knows what we may do? Yeah, we're, we're going to play one of your songs so they right. they can hear you singing. Okay, well, um, as of right now, unless things change, where our plan is to go in uh, the studio and um, my dear friend Rocky Smith will be um, producing and helping me record. He'll be doing some backgrounds and stuff like that. But um, we're going to record old hymns. But my first single, um, we're going to let that be a surprise, uh, but it will be on the CD. Okay. So uh, anyway, that's still up for discussion. Yeah. So So, um, I just want to be sure that what we release is exactly what God wants. Right. So So you're going to be recording some old hymns. Uh, Yes, sir. What's one of your favorite old hymns? Um, At the Cross. At the Cross. I love At the Cross. Yeah. Um, I love Because He Lives. You know, I also like an oldie, but you know, it's used so much in a sad way. And I see it as a happy song, but in the garden. In the garden. I love In the Garden. So many times it's sung at funerals and... I wish it wasn't. I wish, I mean, I'm, you know, everybody, but it's most of the time people's favorite hymns. You know, of course, um, you know, Oh, Blessed Day. You know, there's all, oh my goodness, there's so many. It's hard. If you stop and think about, like Ava could probably mention one or two to me right now, and me go, oh my goodness, yes, I love that. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's just hard. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to narrow it down, but I think Rocky's going to help me do that. Okay, so, yeah. all right. Well, what song are we going to put on for our listeners right now? The one thing I want people to know and to get from my testimony yeah. is that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Oh, wow. I can, I got, I can I almost parrot. sing along on that one. I got one. a parrot that sings Jesus loves you. It's not that Jesus loves you, you think. It's a different Jesus loves you. Okay. But we could all sing that. You want to? Yeah, go get your parrot, Fred. There we go. And your guitar. Uh, yeah. um, but anyway, but yeah. So um, Jeff and Sherry Easter actually made this uh, real popular, mm-hmm. and it's a popular song out right now. And it's just one that you know when I sing it, um, as crazy as it seems, I do get people ask me to do it again yeah. and again. So it seems to be one of the crowd a crowd pleaser. Well. But you know, it's also encouraging. Praise yeah. the Lord. That's right. Here's Tammy Fernie with Jesus Loves You. When you feel forgotten, when you feel you're all alone, when you feel like giving up, when you feel discouraged and everything's uncertain, when you feel You're just not good enough When it's slipping through your hands 
and you've done all that you can there's still so much more to do it's easy to forget in times like this Jesus loves you Jesus loves you and he cares about everything you're going through your name is engraved on the palm of his hands that's a promise you can hold on to it's easy to forget in times like this Jesus loves you when the funeral is over and the casseroles are gone and your bout is broken as can be when the sun ain't shining and the night seems so long and the weight of it all drives you to your knees well i've been where you are when god seems so far and i needed to be reminded too it's easy to forget in times like this Jesus loves you Jesus loves you and he cares about everything you're going through your name is engraved on the palm of his hands and that's a promise you can hold on to it's easy to forget in times like this that your name is engraved on the palm of his hands and that's a promise you can hold on to it's easy to forget in times like this. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Friends, we want to ask you today, if you died today, would you go to heaven? That's the question we want to ask you. You know, that's the most important question you'll ever answer in your life. If you died today, do you know 100% in your heart that you'd make heaven your home? You know, Fred, the, the Bible gives us that assurance that we have salvation. It's found in 1 John chapter 5 and verse, uh, let me just read it to you, verse 13. It says, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. You, we can know that. It's, it's right here in, in the Bible. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Friends, drivers, 
If you don't know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven, then pray a little prayer with us right now and pray this with all your heart and God will save you. It's guaranteed right here in this book. Just pray, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Lord, I surrender my life to you. I want to be a Christian and I want that assurance that I have a home in heaven and I will live for you from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. At the crossroads of life, lost without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track. Had read his words still echoing in the back of my head. I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. Hey drivers, we appreciate you letting us ride along with you in the cab. And you can contact us at 618-383-2107 or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org and Check us out on the web. You can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our broadcast from the past page. So check it out. And if you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, then give us a call and let us know. Broken hearted and lonesome. So long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. rolling down that old lonesome road and I shared the good news wherever I go yes there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be and I tell everybody what's happened to me how I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past but I called his name This chance Could it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus Foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree